0: Welcome to Nothing of Champagne, our podcast calling for two pencils and a pair of underpants. My name's Corey Hazelhurst and my partner with propaganda is Steve Haynes. Hey Corey. So there is a Tory leadership contest going on at the moment and the new Prime Minister, whoever he or she may be, is going to face a large inbox. You've got people like historian and Journalist Adam Kittu's calling it a polycrisis. And as any fan of Blackadder knows, a large crisis is requires a large plan what's it going to be in the pm's in and how might the prime minister try and sort it out So, just to talk a little bit about the way in which the world is doomed, uh, just for a bit, just indulge me if you don't mind. Indulge my nihilism. I've got risk of nuclear escalation on I my chapter here. Seems pretty big. Um, if, if sort of Vladimir, if he decides to escalate the Ukraine conflict in that way, food prices were already increasing last year. But one of the things the war in Ukraine has done, as we've talked already, is talk the rising food prices and big inflation because of all the supply chain impacts supply chains also impacted as we said previously because of covid and the net uh, and the, the net zero that's the wrong one the zero covid sort of lockdowns in china and there's a very very real chance of a new variant appearing which will be bad generally stagflation as well as that you also have uh, a potential eurozone debt crisis that's come back which is very Late 2000s. Yeah, I was going to say that is very much pulling pull from the greatest hits. But that's the uh, Italian government, I think, it, it, particularly Italy and Mario Draghi's kind of government might fall apart on that. Uh, there's also a small matter, Steve, that we're in a climate crisis at the moment. And that certainly might get exacerbated by the fact that in November, uh, in America, do you remember America, Steve? No. So they've got mid-term, Ameri- uh, midterm elections in November. And there's a very good chance that a whole gang of Marga hat-wearing Republicans are going to come in who apparently are a bit mad. Yep. Okay. So a, a lot of them sort of interlock. Uh, as we've said, uh, I don't imagine a group of MAGA hat-wearing huh. Republicans doing a lot about the climate crisis and so they're making it a hell of a lot worse. Um, but... Let's think about how the a new u k prime minister and specifically a more conservative u k prime minister would, would deal with some of these so in terms of this the sort of the risk of nuclear escalation, let's start with nuclear war first in our bunker i mean in terms of the agency the u k Prime minister has on this crisis, obviously isn't that high really is
1: it no it's not i mean fundamentally the risk of um, you know nuclear escalation. Uh, Resides in uh, Russia uh, with Putin, and like they have already at this point multiple times made kind of like nuclear threats uh, surrounding how support for supporting the supporting Ukraine um, will lead to you know missiles being pointed at France and the UK and various things like that. So there isn't necessarily a lot that the UK could do. Uh, outside of capitulating to Putin, which isn't a good thing. And thankfully, I don't think anyone any in any political party that's serious is is talking about that in, in, in any form. So there really isn't a lot specifically that the UK can do other than try and, I suspect, maintain the current path, support Ukraine... Make sure that it's clear to Putin that actions that that actions like invading places have consequences. Um, maybe continue to tighten economic sanctions and things like that, so that it, the message really gets through to them that you cannot just do what you like, and that goes right the way up to nuclear warheads, spin, and missiles being launched. Because if we're not going to let you get
0: away with this. What do you think is going to happen if you pull that trigger? And in terms of the room for manoeuvre that any Prime Minister would have, I mean, there's a a pretty clear consensus in the Tory party that firm action has to be taken. It's one of the few commendable things Boris Johnson really did as Prime Minister, yeah. really. Um, there's also cross-party support on this. You know, Keir Starmer, Labour has been very, very clear and on the same page as well so it's not like you've really got pressure from anywhere to to go in any other particular direction uh i mean the only thing that maybe is slightly different is a sort of issue of of, of a particular prominence as judgment that we've talked in previous podcasts about um different leadership contenders and their judgment which obviously impacts on it Liz Truss, if she's still in a contest by the time this podcast comes out, she's foreign secretary at the moment, so you might think that would mean she's got more contacts internationally. Although, I, I seem to remember she, she flew to Moscow, essentially so she could impersonate Margaret Thatcher wearing a hat. Yeah, which um, didn't go terribly well. No. Um, but the, the other geopolitical issue, I suppose, in terms of the, the Eurozone debt crisis, not much that the UK is really going to have to say at all about that, is there? You've got... Uh, I suppose one thing it probably does mean is that uh, as so often, the EU isn't really going to care about whatever petty political squabbles the UK government's going to try and manufacture the EU to try and make itself popular with its own voters, and the new Prime Minister trying to pick a fight on its own back benches. So when you've got a situation where I think almost every single leader is committed to the uh, trying to break international law with the well, they're, they're committed to sort of tearing up the Northern mm-hmm. Ireland Protocol. It just means that relationships just going to get worse on that front, isn't it?
1: Yeah, pr- pretty much. And it means that uh, any potential uh, kind of involvement or leverage that the UK might have in relation to the uh, eurozone debts uh, will, will, won't be able to be actually utilised because we've already, you know, blotted our copybook with the EU so much and. Unless something radical happens, like scrapping the bill to do with the Northern Ireland Protocol that's that's currently starting to go through the House of Commons, yeah, I it think? was
0: debated a yeah. couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, um, so unless that is pulled, like they've got no reason to believe that anything is going to change on uh, on the UK side. So, like, it's a nice, easy thing that like that could be done by the new Conservative Prime Minister, whoever that ends up being, but they don't seem to be based off of what we can see from the leadership election willing to to
0: to to kind of host that idea No, but even Tom Tugendhat who is, he was seen as the sort of one nation wing, the left of the Tory party such as it is uh, he was even still saying that essentially the bill had to be brought in
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's just proof that the uh, the uh, one nation wing of the Conservative Party has been gutted completely. If their you know their flag bearer has basically just had to go full on into the into the hard right of the party in order to uh, feel like he has a, a chance in hell of
0: actually getting through to the final two. Yeah, and I, and I suppose that's I the thing. in terms of what the new prominence has got they have a Conservative Party much more to the right than the one Boris Johnson inherited and Johnson obviously deselected, kicked out or uh, so many to the point of despair they all stood down all of the sort of that one nation wing of the, of the party so many of them, people like Roy Stewart, uh, Ken Clark, David Gork, Philip Hammond all that sort of wing, not many left now at all um, and actually I think this leads into the, the US midterm affair actually because if you have a republican party coming in in controlling the house wearing their marga hats talking about whatever it is that the marga republicans are talking about now um about how great coups are or something. Actually, I think that would make an impact on the Conservative Party because you do have a Tory party that has gone to the right. And as we've seen from the the leadership contest so far, a lot of the sort of American cultural issues are basically being imported wholesale into British politics generally, but particularly right-wing British politics. And so actually a Republican Congress could be quite significant even at least in the medium term
1: yeah it's entirely possible that that could could be the case i mean the thing is though whilst you know both both the left and the right are trying to import america's kind of like issues and takes into into the uk the reality is that in both both sides they're not those sorts of issues aren't getting the same kind of cut through because Britain is a very different cult, uh, country, both culturally and economically, uh, and as a result of that, it, you just end up sounding like you're, you know, you're, 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 you're a dog barking at the window and no one's there. Like people are saying, oh, there's all of this, this cultural debates. Well, actually, most people aren't engaged with them. So, what's the point?
0: Well, I suppose if you're the prime Minister, because actually, you, again, you, we just had a first round of voting when we are recording this, but you look at, you know, the 30-odd MPs backing Suella Beaverman, I believe we've got to call them out, uh, also known as Suella Braverman on the podcast. You've got 40 people backing Kerry Badnock. So, you've, you know, you've got 70 members of your parliamentary party who are prepared to, well, it's not just them who are doing it, but they're the sort of best examples of bringing in this kind of culture war politics so you've got at least 70 hardcore committed backbenchers to this agenda and so in terms of party management that becomes a bit harder i mean it does become a
1: bit harder but equally like the 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 things that are actually going you you can't win with those sorts of things because i because this is the sort of stuff that um ends up like with the with the revolution eating itself, because you end up um, kind of you know you you try and do something and it's never enough, so you end up kind of being pushed further and further and further into doing stuff, and then is it, is it, is
0: which is uh, why you end up with people like Tom Tugan having to yeah. oppose the uh, support the attempt to trash the Northern Ireland Protocol. Yeah,
1: uh, absolutely. But like from the perspective of whoever the prime minister is going to be. Like, they've got to try and get things done that are actually going to be effective. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what else happens. You're going to lose the next election. So you can't focus too much on those sorts of things.
0: No, so, it, I, I, okay, so if we bring it back to what the new Prime Minister might actually try and do, which after Boris Johnson's a bold <laughs> gambit, Um again, it, just going back to the Northern Ireland Protocol, uh, it's one of the reasons, I suppose, that relations be. Joe Biden and Boris Johnson were so bad The uh, one of the more amusing things of Johnson's resignation was the fact that the statement from Biden's White House uh, didn't, mention it. Didn't, mention, <laughs> didn't mention him at all and obviously you've got a lot of people in America, the US as a guarantor of the Good Friday Agreement and so the attempt to subvert international law not seen very kindly there either
1: yeah throw in the fact that both um Kamala Harris and Joe Biden obviously both get on and know and quite good friends with uh, you know, Barack Obama aren't particularly fond of Johnson because of comments he's made about Barack Obama which they viewed as racist so like Johnson going is definitely not a bad thing in terms of patching up uh, UK US relations um, but as you say the real kind of weight that's kind of dragging it down is that Northern Ireland Protocol Bill and the uh, Tories' insistence on trying to change it. Um, If they could just get beyond that like you might actually get somewhere with the US.
0: That's mostly foreign affairs dealt with. (laughs) Should we move on to the the climate crisis? Oh, wonderful. Right, so, and again we've talked about this before, uh, but just to put a bit of meat on the bone, we talked about potentially sort of scrapping net zero is uh, Kenny Badnock, Suella Beaverman, They are, uh, at the time of writing, there's a really good uh, uh, Google Doc of policies put together by Public First. And on that Google Doc, at the the time of recording, they're both committed to scrapping net zero. Penny Morden, Jeremy Hunt, Nadim Zahawi, Sajid Javid, to give his proper title, the Saj, obviously, they're all committed to keeping net zero. Obviously, I think at the time of recording, Penny Morden's the only one left in the contest. Who uh the rest have sort of left, which maybe gives you a bit of an idea of where net zero is the moment I in the in the Tory party. Um, well, with, with Tory MPs, with Tory MPs, yes, that, no, that's fair. Uh, this trust has agreed to some sort of moratorium on the green energy levy. And Tom hat, who apparently was in the army, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, has said that we need to develop some sort of energy resilience plan with with Canada. Um, obviously, at the moment, we. Uh, so that sounds dangerously like an actual policy that well, might not be unreasonable. Well, indeed it'll never happen. Um it's probably out of the race by the time this comes out. Oh. Uh at the moment the 2019 Conservative Party manifesto committed the party to be net zero by twenty fifty by investing in clean energy and um introducing a lot of green infrastructure. Yeah. Now uh, it also committed to increasing the proportion of recyclable plastics which are in materials and there's legislation going through on that and also about ensuring that uh, plastics which can't be recycled don't just get dumped to developing countries which was happening before. Uh, the government also talked about setting up an office for environmental protection as a sort of Richard Nixon tribute and uh, promising lots of Inf- infrastructure, present offshore wind, which is happening, but at the moment the government isn't on track anyway to meet net zero targets. Yeah. Uh, if you're the new prime minister, you have a lot of commitments in your manifesto about building trees, putting money in your infrastructure. Do we think any of that is actually going to happen?
1: Uh, no, because it will cost money, and the Conservatives won't want to spend it. Um, but I mean, in theory, it could happen, but it would be it would de- be dependent on the right person winning the Conservative leadership election. So I think if you had somehow Tuganhat pulled it out, I could maybe see it happening. Maybe mordant given she's at least committed to the net zero. But then you've got the issue of, will the Treasury fund it? Who's your Chancellor going to be? Are they actually going to be brought into this? We know for a fact that despite the fact he was elected on the 2019 manifesto, Rishi Sunak didn't want to fund any stuff for, for levelling up so you've got that traditional treasury versus number 10 uh kind of like conflict point right there and as a result there's so many kind of things that could get in that could like stop it happening that my gut instinct is you're not going to see any progress made in the next couple of years except for maybe a few things that are already in in the works so as you say if there are some things around like offshore wind and, and and whatnot what you might find is those obviously continue. But then because they've happened and there hasn't been political kickback from it in any any major way, you know, a few things here and there get greenlit and, and we'll continue. that will continue to develop.
0: If, if you're a, a new prime minister and you are listening to someone like Ben Hutchin in Tees Valley, yeah. where actually a lot of the economic growth in that region is being driven by green energy investment Yeah, more environmental measures. And again, yeah, you're right. It massively depends on what kind of Prime Minister comes into number 10. Are you, for the sake of argument, Liz Truss, who's been powered there by uh, teaming up with the right wing? ERG, Brexit Faction, Steve Baker, obviously a big organiser in that, who was really quick at the traps in saying we should scrap Net Zero. If you're there and it's those people you have in your ministerial mm-hmm. team, you can't really see this being acted on at all, in all likelihood. If you say, As you say, if it's someone more like Morden or someone more like Sunak, then you probably bring in people like Tugendhat, maybe even Hunt. Maybe Gove comes back and gets given an environment brief again, which he did quite well yeah. previously, etc. Et Alok Sharma, I think, is still in Cabinet. Everyone, it's just, I don't think he's resigned. No, he, ha- he hasn't. There was, a, there was a thing about throughout um, whilst
1: all of the, the resignations were going on, the few people on the Twitter were saying it's no drama,
0: Sharma. Well, he's probably playing Wordle like Caroline Oakes was. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and, and, but that's the point. So, and I say one of the things that Johnson was really bad at is understanding strategically who you wanted in your team. So, absolutely, who's your Chancellor? Who's your uh, Environmental Minister and Secretary of State? all that kind of stuff really, really matters. Here's your transport secretary. Um, and it is, I mean, again, if you if you are serious about winning the next election, given that climate's a big priority, that is a, a, and if you're worried about the blue wall, then this is surely a big priority area for you. You would think that. And if, again, it probably depends on the shade you've got, but if you assume, well, we're probably not going to win the red wall and it, 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 I feel like again we've talked about this tension between Tories who are going to spend money and people who aren't. And if you, 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 there's sort of two things you can do, isn't there? You can either try and win back the win back the blue wall, which probably means making sure you're good on stuff like social liberalism and the climate crisis, which might help you stave off a lot of Lib Dem challenges. Hello, Mark, by the way. Uh, or you need to. Massively invest in infrastructure in the north to win some of the red wall seats, in which you probably wait the sort of culturally conservative, economically quite left wing. Yeah, where it doesn't feel like anyone really is in that space. No, I suppose the the other the other big area that's in the poly crisis is the sort of inflation, cost of living, hunger crisis, um, which obviously in terms of a. A world sort of macro scale that hunger crisis is mainly in sort of low middle income cr- uh, countries but there's about i think 14 million people in poverty at the moment more food banks now than mcdonald's you'd think that if you're prime minister that acting on this is going to be your number one issue particularly when you're going to have the energy price cap raising in october which means you're going to be prime minister for what? Let's say you do take office on September the 5th, Within two months, energy prices could well be increasing by 65%. Yeah. You're going to have to do something about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And especially as these are also things that are going to be massively impacting your voter base as well. Like anyway, you you, you cut it um, whilst obviously, you know, older people tend to have more more wealth, um as a rule, um, they tend not to have as much income. Um, so they tend not to have as much disposable income in a lot of ways as well. So they're gonna be the ones that are just as likely to be hit by increases in uh you know cost of uh cost of living, especially when it comes to energy bills in the winter, because guess who's gonna be in the house the entire day
0: needing the heating on. And tell you one thing which might happen whichever way you cut it. Nice VAT on energy bills, which was proposed by a couple of people. He the Deem how is out, the leisure contest, when we're recording this. So the Braver Man, Beef Man, all is in, probably not.
1: Hopefully this comes out.
0: <laughs> hopefully not. Um, of course, this was a Labour policy, uh, but the, I suppose if you're a prime minister, if, you know you could go full Angela Merkel, couldn't you? Just take all of your rival's policies. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like, if you do enough, it doesn't matter necessarily whose
1: policy it is from the government's perspective, as long as you can take the credit for it. The issue is if you, and this is what kind of like Sunak found, is you take some action, it ends up being like Labour's policy that you you've half-inched but you're not doing enough to get the credit for it, at which point it's just, well, you've done... Okay, you've nicked their idea. Now what? Like, it's, you still you haven't got any more ideas. You need to basically expand on it in some capacity. So, yeah, nick that policy if you want to get things done, but then you need to have a... Basically, what, stage two and stage three, because
0: it won't be enough on its own. I can guarantee you no, that. It won't be enough because it might just about mean that bills rise by for some households by 10 20% rather than 65% yeah say but as I say you've got millions and millions of people in dire need now that's gonna rise to a much bigger amount in October as you say yeah, absolutely and it's just
1: scratches the surface and I suspect what you'll probably find is when, when it comes to this is like even people who are like on the face they're quite comfortable with with things are still going to are going to end up
0: in situations where money gets very very tight and at the moment you have most Tory leadership contenders contenders talking about tax cuts yeah. which we talked about previously well that's going to be massively inflationary if that happens and so that could well lead to a whole gang of other stuff happening yeah i mean the whole
1: the Tories don't seem to have understood what the what the root cause of this of the cost of living crisis is. They seem to think that inflation is the cause of the cost of living crisis, rather than an a part of it, an, an element, almost like a, a, a rather than a symptom of it. Because uh, the problem is just that prices be gone up, and unfortunately, a lot of them have gone up in areas where everybody needs it, and But also, record profits are still being made. So it's not like, so like with energy, for instance, an awful lot of this isn't about, oh, the cost of, you know, getting the gas out of the ground has increased due to whatever reason that might be. It's entirely just due to the fact that demand's gone up and therefore they're able to charge more, more for it. So BP, Shell, all of these other uh, companies generate massive record profits whilst the rest of us are left literally struggling to, to heat homes over the winter
0: the only other measure again at the time of recording which we've had on the cost of living crisis is to cut petrol duty uh which has been uh proposed by penny mordant as well as tom togan and the sag um but obviously cutting petrol duty probably not great for any action you take on the climate crisis no uh, but again, as a, I think somebody's pointed out, and I think we might
1: have raised this in one of the other episodes, the amount that was being suggested that you cut, uh, you know, fuel duty by, like the impact to the taxpayer would basically be the equivalent of paying, like, for basically making public transport free for everybody. So, like, it, it's clearly not an affordable thing. And if you are going to go down that route, there are better ways to do it from a joined up policy perspective.
0: So. If you were, if you're, again, go back to the the sort of court, if you were advising the Prime Minister and you come in in September and there's the cost of living crisis, bear in mind the Tory party you've got to lead, what are the policy solutions you could try and put in place?
1: Therein lies the great difficulty. (laughs) um like i I wish i could just off the top of my head say oh it's this 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 and this but even from a you know even if this was a labor government and it had a great stonking majority like there aren't very very many easy options or easy solutions to a lot of these things um i suspect what we're like across the medium term medium to long term you need to, if we're talking about like energy, for instance, we need to try and get off reliance of gas, which is where an awful lot of the kind of like the, the, the variation in, in fuel prices is coming from. Um, especially as actually, if you look at like the, the the price that's being paid for gas now, it doesn't factor through into our bills and won't factor through into our bills until probably mid next year. Um, but this is why actually some things are looking across the medium term a little bit more stable um so there will be an end to it to, to all of this but those gas prices are coming down so you can just need to find kind of like stop gap measures almost to to to, to fit it in. in in a way the solution might just be borrow some borrow money to enable to enable a number of core things like making sure that everybody's got proper insulation making sure that um there is sufficient you know an investment going into um green uh, energy alternatives so that we're not reliant on gas over the medium short over the medium and long term as well those sorts of things would be what I think you need to do um that were kind of policy that aren't just here's some money because I suspect the actual solution is kind of going to be what's already happened where at least in Birmingham everyone's been given like a like for, well not everybody but everybody with it who pays council tax of a certain band or yeah it's ACD, I think yeah um you've get been given like 150 quid or something um i've had mine um that's that 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 sort of policy probably a good one but it's you need so much of it to counteract the costs Cause like cuz like i got given that 150 quid cool that's great my summertime electricity electricity and gas bill was 90 quid like, that's not even, that's a month and a half of, of that. And I've got to get to the end of the year. Like, it, it's good, but it's not good enough. And there are other things that people who are in more precarious positions are getting that I'm not, which is absolutely correct. Um, but it's those sorts of things that I think you need to do more of. But again, you've got a fund debt. So either you've got to tax more from the companies that are getting record profits. Or you've got to borrow money in which to get, make it happen. My suspicion is, if, the, if you're the Tories, I, they lean; pro- they probably end up going more towards the taxes because they can just say it's a one and done, like it's an unusual c- circumstance. You know, we just need to get through this till, you know, say, next year, uh, mid next year, and everything should go back more towards normal. At which point, you
0: can just go back to
1: you know regular, regular broadcast service.
0: Yeah, I, I- and again, what well, you mentioned the sort of home renovations, and it's one of the things that again the government said it would do, but actually it was low take up of the home renovation that uh, that's already happening just because of the way that the program was administered. Yeah, I mean, also so much of those,
1: so many of those programs still rely on you on, on having disposable income available to kind of kick kickstart it. They will fund part of it, but not all of it. So it's like, so the other, sorry, just to, the other big kind of sort of thing that the government might want to do across the medium term is like what are we going to do about kind of like central heating and things, which all rely on like gas boilers and things. Actually we need to get people off that and onto the newer uh, technologies and, 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 and things and, and things, but they cost tens of thousands minimum to get installed in, in, in properties. So like at minimum you need to be uh, basically legislating to say all new builds from, like well as soon as freaking possible have to have this in there and if it's and if it's not got there already well sorry you need to rebuild it you
0: need to replan this and meanwhile again we've talked this is sort of polycrisis, sort of quite high-end not quite abstract but again we're kind of looking at these things quite globally trying to apply them here we haven't really talked about the sort of creaking public services as well so yeah there's the very immediate need for increased pay now but there's also you know, the NHS is in crisis. Uh, schools needing more money in terms of household bills are going. I've heard. I think I've seen reports of some schools having to pay another hundred fifty pounds, hundred fifty thousand pounds a year on heating bills. That's five teachers' wages. Yeah. If you're not putting up school funding by a comparable amount, that's just going to lead to real terms cuts. And I know you've got some Tory leadership contenders who've said that. We can pay for inefficiencies by getting rid of supply staff and, and after school, after and school. activities and, and things like that. But that's not actually a feasible solution.
1: No, no, it's not. Um, and yeah, fundamentally, the Tories don't have a, a plan or a reasonable notion in place, because I suspect none of them have actually had to sit down and think about it yet. Um, and even if when they do, I suspect the vast bulk of them will just go, uh... Uh uh, how do we Oh no. Uh quick, let's 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 threaten to sink some boats in the channel again.
0: Well that seems like a very, very optimistic and happy way to finish this episode. It's normally how we end things. Absolutely. If you want to hear more of our refreshing optimism you could support us on Patreon, couldn't you, Steve? Yeah, patreon.com slash notenoughchampagne,
1: where you can fling us a few quid every month. You can get access to unique content like uh, episodes that we put out there just for our patrons, uh, as well as blog content. And, uh, you know, you can
0: fling us some ideas on episodes that we can record as well. Our website is notenoughchampagne.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash notenoughchampagne. James Cram, designer logo. You can follow him on Twitter at James Crown And Dave Depper, composed our theme tune, Booking Good Times, I'm at Paperback Writer. I'm at Acoustic Radical. Happy plotting.